0: It's a common saying, saying you've probably heard before, that you never forget how to ride a bike. You never forget how to ride a bike. Is that so? We've got one out on the street, if you want to test it after Mass. Maybe you never forget how to ride a bike, but boy, you sure have to learn how to ride one. And I'll bet for most of us in this room, we can recall that rite of passage. Who taught you how to ride a bike? Your dad was at dad's job, maybe your mom taught you, uncle, aunt. I'm the youngest of seven. I won't tell you how my siblings taught me how to ride a bike, or didn't. You can tighten the nut on those training wheels pretty loosely, but that's another story. But think about it if you remember. And think about what training wheels are there for. And do you remember the first time they came off? there's something about the very beginning, right? You're held probably, your dad held the seat and he held the handlebars. And there was no question whatsoever that you were gonna be okay. And then eventually the moment comes, all right, you got the training wheels and dad is kind of watching there by the side. And you start wobbling one side or the other, the training wheels catch you okay. But then of course, there's the big moment, right? Training wheels come off, dad's not holding onto the seat. And maybe you only went a couple yards before you toppled over. But there's that moment, right? And eventually, those couple yards become a lot more yards. And then the moment comes, you're just off to the races. I'm mentioning this because there's something about that critical transition point. That transition point between feeling totally safe, just standing on the ground or crawling on it, having your dad or whomever hold on to the bike really tightly, and then that sheer rush, probably of terror, at least in the beginning, where you're out there and you're not quite sure what's going on, and maybe you start waving your arms or kicking your legs, and the training wheels catch you. It's that boundary, though, between knowing you are 100% okay, been there, done that, no problem, and maybe having no idea what's going to happen be scared out of your wits. We know something about how adults learn. By the way, if there's any kids of about to ride bike age, it's smooth. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but that boundary, that boundary between total comfort and total panic, we know at least for adult learning that that transition point is oftentimes where our minds are most ready to learn. We tend to learn things most deeply, most creatively, in a way that tends to stick at that boundary between comfort and panic. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Total comfort, right? Everything is is clear to us. We've been there. We've done that. It's easy to get kind of sluggish, and we're not necessarily open to new things. We get comfortable. We get kind of stodgy in our ways and if a new creative possibility comes along it's easy just to kind of blow it off because we know how things work it's not the place where we're often most open to learning and similarly on the other end of the spectrum in that moment of panic total confusion we're not certain what's going to happen think of a relationship maybe that's starting to fall apart think about you've just gotten a really difficult diagnosis Think about whatever those things are that put you into panic mode. That's not the time when we tend to learn most easily either. We're just desperately trying to hold on to get some sense of control. And if a new idea comes along or someone has a suggestion, it's not likely to penetrate and be absorbed. I'm mentioning all of this because our readings today invite us into the very core of the Christian spiritual life. They invite us into the core of listening, listening. So often we talk about what should we do in the faith, right? What should we do? Keep the commandments, do this, do that, find good works of mercy. Absolutely, all those things are great. But they're meant to be in service of one thing and one thing alone. And that's to listen to the word of God. Now, in the biblical sense, listen means a lot more than just What are you hearing coming through your ears? It means to receive, right? It means to receive. Because at the end of the day, that's all we can do. God doesn't need our help. We're not prompting him by our actions or our prayers. We don't try to catch him on a good day. What we're getting from God 24-7 is all that he has to offer, right? We call it unconditional love. On the best day of your life, you were being offered as much from God as on the worst day of your life. In total comfort, where maybe you weren't paying attention to anything, God was trying to love you with infinite love. On the worst day of your life, flailing about, and you weren't paying attention to anything, God was trying to love you with infinite love. What does it mean to receive, to be open? If today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Nobody rolled out of bed in the morning and said, how can I harden my heart today? We stumble into those situations oftentimes. It's easy to slide in if we're not aware. And all of a sudden, we wake up one day and we're either in panic mode or total comfort mode. And we're not receptive. Think of what this looks like in the life of Peter, right? When he had everything figured out, when he more or less knew who he was and who Jesus should be, he wasn't interested in learning from Jesus. I'm going to wash your feet, Peter. No, you're not going to wash my feet. Think of just recent gospel we had. Jesus saying, you must pick up your cross because I'm going to suffer and die. Peter says, no, Lord, that's not right. Let me set you straight. He's not in learning mode because he has it all figured out. And then think about the terrible panic, that sheer visceral panic the night Jesus is arrested and he's cowering in the dark, right? Remember that? He's not learning then either. And gently, when he gets to that point of in between, he can begin to receive, Peter, do you love me? And and all the rest of it after the resurrection. So just an invitation as a little spiritual exercise to ask yourself, where is that boundary layer for you these days? And I'm not saying you should seek to make yourself more uncomfortable necessarily if you're too comfortable, but you know your life. Maybe that's where you need to go. And if you are in the midst right now of something that is just turning your life upside down and you're in the grip of fear or worry, What would it mean to move a little bit closer towards comfort? Well, oftentimes that means sharing that vulnerability or that fear with another person. It's so easy to isolate ourselves, whether that literally means pulling away or just means we suppress that worry or that fear because we don't want anybody else to know about it. And we stay interiorly in that panic. And then what God has to offer, is never really absorbed, not because God has withheld it, but because we're not in a space of listening. And almost certainly, people you know and love, you can probably recognize that boundary layer for them. And what's the gentle invitation, and sometimes not so gentle, if you recognize this is someone who is so comfortable, it's as if God is just on the sidelines being a cheerleader. Maybe you nudge them a little bit towards uncertainty. Maybe you nudge them a little bit towards a side of life that isn't quite so comfortable, that reminder that at the end of the day, we all need the love of Christ. When Paul says, love one another, yeah, you can do the commandments, but love one another, what he's basically saying is, learn to receive. Paul himself learned that, right? He got knocked on his butt, blinded, rendered totally dependent. So whatever that looks like for you, maybe seek it out this week and maybe invite another person into that same space. There's a spiritual version of learning to ride a bike and that rite of passage in the spiritual life is every bit as real as mastering that two-wheeler.